0: good morning y'all good morning. my name is nick adams for those of you who don't know me um and the family ministries pastor here at the gathering uh just want to introduce myself say hey uh if y'all didn't get in here just a few minutes ago it is mr david and jane pell's 40th anniversary i just wanted to tell david thank you for all you do miss jane thank you for keeping david straight uh you know, if there is uh, a good man behind them, more likely than not behind them is a good woman. And uh, thank you for all you do for us, and uh, he is the sound wizard, what I like to call him. But uh, anyway, so we, the whole month of January, we've been talking about relationships, different kinds of relationships, different ways. Uh, relationships can go, uh, we've talked about service, we've talked about covenant relationships, we've talked about how to have relationships, uh, if you were here earlier, Kyle talked about it, John talked about it, uh, and in all of that, uh, we in the middle of that we had a deacon ordination, uh, and I kind of gave a almost like a 10 minute charge to the congregation before that, and uh, I thought I was done with... Uh, I thought I was done with that, and, and, and God wouldn't let me let go of that message. I preached this message about two weeks ago. I didn't really preach it. Like I said, it was just a, almost a charge to y'all, and uh, God had me flesh that back out again. title of the message is, Last is Greater Than First. Um, to me, to be able to accomplish all the things Bobby, John, Kyle, anybody's talked about this month, You have to be able to humble yourself. Because until you humble yourself, anything you do service-wise is not going to last because why? Because you have not died to yourself, you have not surrendered, you have not let Jesus take over. Because you're just going to try. It's New Year, right? Still in January. How many of you make resolutions? Every year. And how often are they... The same or similar to the ones you made the year before. (laughs) Because you're trying, right? You're trying, I'm gonna try to do something different and it don't last because you're not dying to it. You're not saying, God, I need you to take this over. So to me, you have to be able to humble yourself, and that's what this message is about, and that's what Paul is talking about in Philippians. But service, what, you know, uh, last time I talked about this, what does service mean? Service means to meet the needs of and subject one's will to that of a number, to that of another. Paul, in Philippians 1, even says, Paul's letter to the Philippians, Paul's in jail in Rome, and he's been on his first, on his second missionary journey, I believe, Acts chapter 16 they go and start the church at Philippi. In chapter 1, he talks about joy and suffering. And in chapter 2, he talks about joy and serving. What is joy? How, let, me, let me back up. How many of you like to be happy? How many of you want to be happy? I don't know anybody that doesn't, right? Well, happiness depends on happenings, on things happening. And that's going to fail you from time to time, right? Because you don't just stay happy all the time, do you? But joy, joy depends on Christ. And that's what Paul talks about in Philippians. He talks about joy in suffering and joy in serving. And that's where we're going to pick up in chapter 2. He's talking about joy and suffering. But in chapter 1, he even says, I want you to understand what really matters. So what he's saying is that you gotta pay attention, you gotta listen. I want you to understand what really is important, what's really gonna make things different, what's really gonna change things for you is not you trying, but you submitting. Before we read the Lord's word, I want to pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time of worship and and celebrating and thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you. For, we have so much to be thankful for. Dear Lord, I pray that right here and right now that, that each and every one of us, myself included, would just get out of the way and let you come in and show up and show out. And, and Holy Spirit, I'm praying that, that you feel this room. Flood the atmosphere, as the song says. Help us to see what you want us to see and hear what you want us to hear. Clear our hearts and minds. I ask it all in Jesus' name, Amen. Philippians two, chapter one through eleven. The first verse starts with an appeal. Anybody know what an appeal is? If you've been, if you've gotten a ticket, if you ever got a ticket, you probably know what an appeal is. Have you ever been to court? Unfortunately, I've been a couple of times. <laughs> an appeal is a call or a plea. To make a serious or urgent request. So, if you've ever got a speeding ticket or a seatbelt ticket or even some more serious tickets, you go to court and you make an appeal and you make a, because it's urgent, like, you know, I need help. I need you to take this away from me so I don't have to pay the fines or do the community service or go to jail or whatever. Well, Paul is making a plea, a call to not just the church, to everyone. He says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? He asked four questions, and we're going to go back through them. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Have any of you ever been encouraged from belonging to Christ? Yes, right? If you ever have, listen. That's what he's saying. If, have any of you ever had any comfort from His love? If you have, then listen. Have any of you ever had any fellowship together in the Spirit? You remember almost, probably three weeks ago now, Bobby talked about Acts 2.42. The disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship not just eating fried chicken, but to sharing together, koinonia, to being together. Have you ever been together with the Holy Spirit? If you have, listen. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? If they are, listen. If you haven't experienced any of these things, We'll get to that a little later. But if you have, if you can answer them four questions, then he's going to give you another call. If all this is true, here's what he says next in verse two. It's like Paul is saying, trying to get your you got to get your heart and your head right. And if you can, and if you do, and if you've had any of these four things, if all this is true, verse two then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Agreeing with your whole heart. Not, okay, I'll do it because you're asking me to. Or, okay, I'll do it because you're telling me to. Because if you've noticed all month, we've been asking you to do something, right? Maybe you felt led or called to serve but if you don't agree with that with your whole heart it ain't going to last or it ain't going to amount to anything or nothing's going to change wholeheartedly verse 3 says don't be selfish don't try to impress others don't be selfish don't try to impress others let me back up because I missed something important important We're supposed to be of the same mind, the same attitude, the same love, the same spirit, the same purpose. Uh, Beginning of last year, I don't know if Bobby remembers, but he said something about a tuning fork, and if you strike it, and any instrument that is in the same tune of that tuning fork will go off, it'll vibrate. That's what Paul is saying is, is, if you agree wholeheartedly then we're going to be of the same mind the same purpose the same spirit if you notice the holy spirit if you if you stay hanging around here all Sunday morning you'll notice the holy spirit puts things together and we don't even have to try we don't try we don't meet we don't talk about what the songs are going to be we don't talk about what the sermons are going to be the holy spirit puts that together you don't have to try because we're one body with many parts So after Paul gets done explaining all that, he gives you two appeals or two calls. He's pleading with you saying, please listen. Verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. We live in a world now where selfies are king, right? (laughs) Where everything is online. You do everything by yourself. Even though you've Are connected virtually. You cannot replace the connection physically. Hebrews ten twenty five says something about the more we're oppressed, the more we should we should be coming together more. You can't replace that personal one on one connection. Where social Friday night, I got the opportunity to hang out with the youth and be at a youth lock in and uh i hadn't played video games and my wife bought me a playstation one year for christmas and uh it was the biggest mistake of her life she ain't never bought me one since (laughs) but when we used to get together and play games there you know you'd have four controllers and there'd be four of us sitting there and it was a coming together and all the joking and laughing and competitiveness is what brought us together that was why the game was fun well now you know, I I saw Friday night. You know, everybody's on Fortnite, and there'll be there was four video game consoles. Nobody plays together. Everybody plays online, but there was four people playing the same game, and none of them were together. They were all playing separately, but they were online playing together. But nobody was in talking to each other. They were all on their own little TV with their own controller. That's the world we live in. The world constantly tries to pull us apart. This virus, what does this virus do? Try to make us stay home. The world is constantly going to do what is contrary to what God tells you. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Vanity. Look at me. Look what I did today. Look what I ate today. Self-love, self-conceit. One translation says self-conceit. Self-admiration. All of that, in a way, is just pride. And pride, what does pride say? I can handle it. I'm in control. I got this. Tuesday night Bible study Men's Bible study. We have a Bible study every Tuesday night at 6.30. Uh, and uh, another one of them things of where God keeps us together. Scott had picked out a, a Bible study called Fight by Craig Rochelle. And um, is talking about three things that make strong men weak. is lust. I want it. Entitlement. I deserve it. And pride, I can handle it. Paul is saying, give those things up. And if you don't give those things up, it don't matter how much you serve or how many things you get involved in, it's not going to last. You need your pride checked. You need to humble yourself. You need to make yourself low. I was in here Wednesday morning coming to get a box of coffee cups, I think, and Joe was in here rolling up some cords, and uh, Joe started talking about. We started talking about exercising and training, and and I was like, "Why, well, you know, I I got stuff to do. I don't really know where this conversation's going," because uh, <laughs> we were in here about 20 minutes talking about just stuff, and uh, I had already God had already laid this back on my heart because I'd wanted to move forward and preach something else. But God kept bringing us back up. So I'd already had this in my mind. And, and I'm talking to Joe and he's rolling up microphone cords or something. And we're talking about exercise and he's talking about uh, Zumba. And, and he went to uh, Lorea's kickboxing class. Lorea does a kickboxing class. She's up here at the front. And uh, men, if, if you ever need your pride check, just go to Lorea's kickboxing class. Because <laughs> it's made up of mostly women and uh, you'll get your feelings hurt. You'll get your pride checked. So, if you need that, talk to Loretta afterwards. Second half of verse 3. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. I said last time, anybody that talks about being humble is more than likely not humble. Humility at its root is just love. Loving somebody, thinking of somebody more than yourself, loving somebody more than yourself. Bobby at the pastor's meeting this past Monday brought up that the King James version of what Paul says about love. Everybody who's ever been to a wedding knows what Paul says about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4. Love is what? Patient, right? Love is patient. But what does patient mean? Long-suffering. Scott, In Scott's song this morning, second song, he said something about long-suffering. Long-suffering. We don't want to suffer. And we sure don't want to suffer for long. Do we? No. Because we live, again... The world's constantly trying to pull us apart. We live in an instant world. You got instant coffee, instant potatoes. You got computers in the palm of your hand. You got drive-through windows. You got—you can get it delivered to your house. And you ain't even got to go through drive-through. We try to make things faster every day for our convenience because we don't want to suffer, right? Long suffering, suffering for a long time. We don't want that. Why? because we don't want commitment. We want a discounted devotion to God. We want a cheapened grace. We just want the benefits, the celebration, the saving, but we don't want the serving. We don't want the correction. We don't want the obedience. But guess what? To know Jesus as your Savior is to know him as your Lord. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. What happens when you get something for cheap versus when you pay full price for it? That thing you got for cheap don't mean as much to you because it didn't cost as much. You don't take care of it as much because it didn't cost you as much. And Jesus paid a mighty high price. What are you going to say about your life when you come face to face with? Them? Are you going to say, I got my card. I prayed a prayer. I got my card. I got my coin. I got my token. Here it is. Or are you going to long suffer and say, no, I, you paid a very high price. And it's worth it. Because if you want that joy and peace, Paul is talking about in Philippians, that lasts, that never goes away, no matter what the world says or does, then it's going to cost you something. What does Jesus say to the disciples? Take up your cross and follow me. Every day. In verse 5, verse uh, 5, The third thing I want to point out is Paul kind of gives us a piece of humble pie, what I like to call it, in verses 5 through 8. I'm going to read them. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. If you want all these things that I just talked about, and if you can humble yourself, this is what it looks like. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. The king of the world who had the same equal standing with God humbled himself and gave all that up for you for me. And then died. And he loves you so much. God loves you so much that he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus long suffered for you. Guess what? There's only two kind of people in this room right now. Not male, female, not white, not black, not Republican, not Democrat. There's only people that are dead to their sin and people that are dead in sin. And you know where you stand. I've heard people talking about revival or a great awakening, and it seems like we want to talk more about explaining revival than experiencing revival. We just want to be beside the fire and be warned, but we don't want to be consumed by the fire. Verses nine through eleven. Uh, verses nine through eleven. The next thing I want to point out is is you got to get down to go up. And I know this has been kind of a serious conversation and I'm probably said some things you didn't want to hear but you take that up with God, not me. Cuz it's his word. But on a little more lighthearted note, tell you how cool God is. I was working out Tuesday morning and when I get something on my mind until this Completed. I can't get it off my mind. So, and when God's pouring all this into me, until I get it out to somebody, until I get it out to y'all, I can't quit thinking about it. So, anyway, I'm reading 9 through 11, and I'm going to read it, and, and then I'm going to explain myself. But verses 9 through 11, with you got to get down to get up, to go up in mind, therefore, with Jesus doing everything he did, therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all other names at the time of Jesus every na- knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth even in hell every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father God raised Jesus up to the highest place of honor because he humbled himself how many of you ever heard the song by in the Gang? get down Get down on it. You heard that? <laughs> I wanted to play it. But cool and the gang would want some money if this was on YouTube and a bunch of people watched it. And so we decided not to. But when you leave here, listen to that song. I'm gonna just the first, just the start of the song. What you gonna do? You wanna get out? tell me what you're going to do. Do you want to get down? What are you going to do? You want to get down? What are you going to do? You want to get down? Tell me. <laughs> get down on it. I ain't going to dance. I was going to dance, but <laughs> David saved me. <laughs> so you know how it goes. Get down on it. If you really want to get down on it, you got to feel it. How are you going to do it if you really don't want to dance by standing on the wall? Get your back up off the wall. <laughs> hey, hey, what cool in the gang is saying is if you really want to get down, you got to get off the wall. It's going to take some action. It's going to take something. It's going to cost something. You got to do something. You can't just stand on the wall all the time and say, hey, I prayed my prayer. I did what I was supposed to do. When you, (laughs) what you gonna do? (laughs) You gonna get down, right? This week, every day, before I pray, I'm singing "Get Down on It." (laughs) If you really wanna get down on it, it reminds me to humble myself. James four ten says, "Humble yourself, and He will lift you up. He will exalt you." Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place because Jesus said, God, I don't, you know, you know what's best. And before you start serving, before you start thinking about all that, you got to humble yourself. And I'm not just saying pray more. I'm not saying add more things, add more seatbelts to your life. I'm saying, get down on your hands and knees and say, God, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to tell me. And get quiet and wait for him to speak. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And that means over everything. Because if he's not Lord over everything, he's not Lord at all. Because what is Lord? Master, ruler of everything. You can humble yourself and declare that now, that Jesus is Lord, or you can wait. And it says in verse 10 that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and even under earth. That day is going to come and you're going to know Jesus is Lord either way. But guess what? When you get there, if you haven't acknowledged him now, right here, right now, if you haven't acknowledged him, when you get there to acknowledge him, he's going to say, depart from me because I never knew you. Jesus himself, in Matthew chapter 23, talks about what Paul is talking about. In Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12, he says, The greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In the whole chapter of chapter 23, Jesus is arguing with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and he's in the temple all day, and he's answering their questions because they're trying to trick him. He answers questions about what's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor. Well, to do them two things, what do you got to do? You got to humble yourself. He's answering questions. And the Pharisees, there's two, there's two different kinds of humbling. And Jesus condemns the Pharisees, who are supposed to be the example They got long tassels. The whole point of tassels, and I think Numbers 15 was to remind them of who God is and why He made the law and who God was. And so they started making their tassels longer. Like, look at my tassels. My tassels are longer than yours. I know more than you. How many know what a phylactery is? I learned about that this week. Phylactery, it sounds like a something you break or something. I, oh man, my is hurting. <laughs> <laughs> a phylactery is a prayer box that they used to have a strap on and they'd hold, it'd be strapped to their hand and whoever had the biggest phylactery or prayer box it had the laws in it and it was like well his prayer box is pretty big he must be a humble guy he knows all the laws that ain't the humble Jesus talking about you can come in here and serve your butt off you can make all the coffee due to music, due to slides, due to preaching. But if you're doing it so people notice you, then you might as well not do it at all. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. But if you're just humbling yourselves for the blessings and the benefits, then are you really humbling yourself? You want to know your purpose in life, humble yourself. You want want to know what God has in store for you, humble yourself. You want to hear from God, humble yourself. You want to know where to serve, you want to know what God wants you to do, humble yourself. If you don't humble yourself before, you'll have to humble yourself after. Because people will know why you're doing it, what you did it for. I'm going to pray. Band's going to come up. God, I'm praying for a a fresh touch from you for you're a creator, dear Lord. You can do anything you want to anytime. I'm praying that by humbling ourselves, that people would see the difference in us, dear Lord. If I walked here today and got hit by a car, and came in here to preach, people would expect to see something different. They would expect that I would changed. They would expect that if I told them I got hit by a car and it didn't look any different, then I was a liar. Help us, dear Lord, to humble ourselves and to ask you and to be that change, dear Lord, because it's only you and us that's going to make a difference, dear Lord. I'm praying for this community. That this gathering would get on their hands and knees and pray. That we could show this community how much you love them and how real you are and what you can do. That they would know that they need you. I'm praying the same thing, not only for this community, but for our country. God, we need you. We need you all the time, dear Lord, but we need you... A lot right now. Dear Lord, if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know you, I pray that they would ask. If there's anybody in this room that's lost, dear Lord, I pray that that they would ask. God, I'm just asking that you wake us up. That we could be the body you called us to be. I don't know what it all looks like, but again, dear Lord, help us to get low. Help us to get down. If we really want it, we will. Change our hearts and minds. I love you. Amen.